nuances. Welcome back, Marys, to the All Right, Mary After Show Nuance, where we talk about things that maybe we didn't get to mention on the main feed episode. Uh, We answer some of your questions. We kind of uh, play some games. We do lots of stuff here on Nuance, talking about things that happened in gay culture news, all of that fun stuff. Mary, how are you? Well, I am finally, I would say, 98. 95% 95% better from having COVID. Um, so I'm glad we didn't, I'm glad the season didn't start a week earlier because I would not have been able to record these episodes. I would have been, um, I just wouldn't have been, it just would have been, you know, uh, Charlie Brown's teacher just hacking in the distance. So I'm great, I guess, in comparison because I'm not on my deathbed. Well, happy new year. Uh, that's yeah. really great way to start your new year. Um, one of the first things that happened to me over the, you know, that that New Year's Day kind of uh, New Year's Day, I feel like is three days long, right? Yeah, it's a weird. New it's Year's a weird Eve day. is two days. New Year's Eve is two days. Christmas is like two days, but New Year's Day is like three days. <laughs> yeah, it's. I feel like there's a lot of like jet lag when you get into a new year, and it takes a few days to feel like a normal human being. Yeah. Uh, But one of the things that happened to me, I decided to kind of like go back to nostalgia, comfort food, uh, Valerie. Um, I had a bagel with cream cheese, but I got a what's nostalgic about it is that I got a chocolate milk to drink while eating it, which is like uh, just a fabulous thing. I haven't had chocolate milk in like, oh, I don't know. 15 years um anyway i was uh you know you shake it up right shake Mm -hmm. it up rupaul um and i shook it up i drank a little bit of it i was eating the bagel i I was watching something um and then i went back to get it and i was going to shake it up again and i didn't screw on the cap well enough so of course i shook it up and then (laughs) it went everywhere but i appreciated my reaction i just laughed so I was like Marge Simpson sewing a Chanel suit. Yeah, just a little, you know, chocolate milk bukkake to start the year off. No shame in that, you know? All over my tits. All over your tits. I think I've read somewhere that that's considered to be, like, some people are doing this thing where, like, you eat 12 grapes under a table and it's supposed to, like, do something for you for the next year. I don't know. Shake some chocolate milk on yourself and call it macaroni. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Listen, uh, yeah, well, Happy New Year, Marys. Um, welcome to this nuance. You know, we're doing a little Mary bag, Mary mailbag this season. Uh, you can certainly email us questions. You can respond via, you know, Patreon. You can uh, go on Instagram and message us there. Um, you can respond to any of our polls that we put out on our stories. All up to you. Um, questions can range from anything right if it has to do with the episode it has to do with drag in general it has to do with franchises it has to do with best supporting actresses movies uh you know gay questions personal questions we are not advice givers but we are happy to give advice when asked um anything uh can be this nuance uh you can absolutely steer where things go um so if you don't want us to talk about the new year we won't yeah, this nuance is for you, aunts. So, you know, you tell us. Oh, my God. It... Insert the horn sound. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
So I wait till the soundboard doesn't work to make those jokes. But um, uh, yeah, it's real funny, Pamara. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So you know, and and there might be other things you know that we want to recommend, or or like you may have recommendations for us. We may have ones for you. Um, like just last night. Oh my goodness. I mean, this is very non drag race, but um, I you know it's like I can't just. If I'm going to lay on the couch and be sick or whatnot, like at least start watching some movies, you know, start, fill up your 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 catalog again. So I've been watching a bunch of different things. Um, I I can't say that I can highly recommend her, I, but I feel like, oh, God, Mary, there's so many things. Oh, my goodness, Mary. Let's just talk about some recommendations real quick. Let's just make this a recommendations right. moment. Recommendation a station. Choo recommendation. Choo. Yeah. You know, get out the way. Honk, honk. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to make you guys pull a train. <laughs> right? gonna, yeah, pull exactly. Things. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to fuck all of you. I, I mean, uh, key your car. Yeah. In my little, my little, my, I've got my pajamas on. Um, I've got my striped pajamas on. Uh, but um, you were on a kick. Uh, maybe a few months ago of wanting to watch thrillers like malice. <gasps> Oh God, nineties specifically. Nineties thrillers. thrillers. So yes. I just saw one recently where I was like, oh, I'm not saying it's great, but it's it's right there in the pocket. And it's called Mother's Boys with Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, Mother's Boys. There's one great scene in it, but honestly, Mary, I think you should put I should you should add it to your list. All right, Mother's Boys. I love a thriller. Uh, yeah. I really do, especially like that. Oh, but the 90s in particular is just so, it's comforting. Yeah. You know, there's, e even though it's disturbing stuff, it's still just like comforting. So um, Perfect Murder, Malice, Sliver, all of them. Uh, this is they from, just work so well. This is from 94, so it's right oh, there. perfect. Jamie Lee right. Curtis, uh, Peak Hotness, Peter Gallagher. Uh, an actress, a British actress you wouldn't know named Joanne Wally, formerly Joanne Wally Kilmer, because she was married to Val Kilmer. Um, and Vanessa Redgrave playing Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. And it's Jamie Lee Curtis as the villain. Um, oh. and it's great. It's, I mean, you know, she's having a good time with it. Um, and really? then I watched, what was the, the other? Oh, and then, and then right. this was actually ended up being pretty good, but it was, I know, because I've still got a bit of the. I got. Well, I got. No, I. Sorry, I just watched the Lord of the Rings over the, the whole series over um, New Year's, and so Gollum. There's this really cute part where he where he's describing what they're gonna do and how he's gonna take them into Mordor, and he goes, "You're gonna do this, and then blah 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 blah, and then." So that's what I kept hearing. Uh, and then, so and then, <laughs> have you ever seen the movie? With Jenny Lawrence and Elizabeth Shue, the house at the end of the street. No, I did want to see it. Oh my god, Liz Shue. Oh, Liz Shue. It's <laughs> fine. It's she's fine. It's fine. Honestly, but like at one point I was like, this movie's so dumb. But then I kind of came around on it in the end. It's it's fine. It's worth a look. Um and then, oh my God, Mary. And then, and then <laughs> last night, and then last night, I watched this like South Korean political thriller called Escape from Mogadishu. Oh, and it was the, it was oh. South Korea's official entry to the Oscars, like foreign language film for 2022. Oh, it's on Peacock, Mary. 
this movie, like, there was one sequence where I was screaming at the television. I could not believe what was happening. Okay. It was okay. really good. And it's good and, it, and it was a really interesting kind of thing about, like, because it's all about the ambassadors to South and North Korea in Mogadishu when, like, there, it's like a civil war that breaks out in 1990. And they have to, like, work with the ambassadors and their families have to, like, work together to get out of Mogadishu. And, of course, they're conflicting nations. It was honestly... Such a cool movie. All right. Well, if we're talking about foreign films, uh, I cannot recommend enough Godzilla Minus One. It's the type of movie you need to run to see in the theater. It actually is like, please watch this in the theater. Please go watch this in the theater. The music is outstanding. It is some, is probably like top 10 best uh, movie soundtracks I've ever kind of heard. Um, oh. And then for a monster movie to be this well-written and well-produced, I I have nothing but good things to say about it. I can't wait to see it again. Um, I cried. Um, there, it, it's You think about elevated horror, this is elevated monster movie. It is so well done. Mm, well, I'm excited to see it. I uh, now that I'm feeling better, that would be a good theater movie because I've mm. I've only heard amazing things. And I mean, top ten movie scores. Hans Zimmer's over here with his League of Their Own soundtrack score, being like, "Are you sure? Have you seen? Well, me? top ten, Mary. I know, but I'm top just 10. Hans is very protective. You know. Listen, I love um, what's 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 his name? Danny Elfman's score, right? Like his mm -hmm. score for Beetlejuice is phenomenal. Pee -wee. Um, but is well, Pee Wee, uh, you know, Batman Returns is so good. Um, obviously, Jurassic Park is probably one of the best ones if we're talking about monster movies. So I'm, I'm but I'm putting this up there. Like it is, it, Mary. It's the type. You know how you bought the. Um, uh, oh God, you're such a little geek for it. But you bought the the LP of Gravity. Oh, did or I? maybe you didn't. Maybe I did, and you you bought it on you know the internet or whatever. But like you love you love I love Gravity. Those. I love you love the soundtrack score. to Gravity. I yeah, do. Right. I do. Like I'm... you listen to it when you're hanging out. You know, I, I listen to um, it when I work. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this type of score. Oh, I mean, I you're love gonna that. love it. I love that kind of music. That's like, absolutely. Well, I can't wait. I've only heard great things and I love the idea of, you know, an emotional monster movie. Uh, yeah, Mary, I, oh, oh my God. And I don't know, for so many personal reasons, um, it's like, remember when I read Circe by Madeline Miller? Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, who I <laughs> who could confused. forget? I, well, I always confuse Madeline Miller with Madeline McCann, um, who's like oh. a, but that's a, that's a reference like seven Australian listeners know what I'm talking about. Go on. I, I read Circe exactly when I was supposed to read Circe, okay? Like, it was when I was isolated, and it's about somebody that's isolated. It was when I needed to come into my own power, and it's about somebody coming into their own power. Like, so, oh, so many reasons, right? So Godzilla, I watched Godzilla at the right time. Ah, oh, so good. Well, I I wonder what that says about the the world around. Are you uh don't well no. it's certainly it's it's about overcoming things, about uh overcoming personal kind of uh guilt and trauma and 
um, choosing yourself. Ah, oh, it's just so good, Mary. Knock anyway, over buildings. Godzilla minus one. Yeah. Yeah, oh. knocking over buildings. Yeah. You know, but they're gonna be like Dragula buildings. Yeah. You know, they... Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> they're set. made of cardboard. No. Yeah. <laughs> knocking down power lines. <laughs> Metaphorical power lines. Anyway, Marys, we are 12 minutes into nuance. We haven't talked about Drag Race. Let's talk about Drag Race. Let's open up the Mary mailbag, insert, um, I don't know, some sound effect here. Uh, yeah. I'll come up with something. We're opening up the Mary mailbag, and we're going to take some, take some uh, comments, some questions. Mary, do you want to go first? Well, I think that this is a good question. I think, it, you know, as we embark on season 16, and we are currently... Uh, finishing up Canada's Drag Race, you know, Dragula. We still have to fucking finish Dragula. You know, like, there's a lot of drag going on. And so uh, Sister Mary Joey asked us, how do you handle Drag Race burnout? I'm a super fan, and even I'm getting exhausted. And Mm. I thought, you know, an appropriate question um, that, you know, some people would say, well, you just stop watching Drag Race for a little bit. But if you do a podcast where, you know, you talk about it every week, how do you... How do you avoid that? And I would say for me, uh, the, the burnout that I may have come into season 16 with kind of burned off once I started to like the queens and fall for them. And so for me, it's just about like liking the casts and being attached to the casts. And then I'm kind of down to watch people I enjoy go through something I've seen a dozen times before, you know? Mm. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. That certainly uh, helped me in the fall with like UK, right? I was just Mm -hmm. like, oh God. And then, you know, I met Kate and I was like, oh my God, I love Kate. Ginger, oh my God. And then Tamara Thomas loves anal. So I was just like, okay, well, we love this. Right. Um, For me, I, here's, here's some, I don't know, some advice or just a suggestion maybe. Um, First of all, unfollow drag queens and stuff online like like have your experience online have nothing to do with drag race okay don't unfollow all right mary right we don't post that much we're gonna post like maybe the night of the night after kind of asking for reactions there's not going to be spoilers but uh you know certainly we're we're safe to follow but like following all the queens and you know all of that i think that adds to the burnout and then you get all those opinions and you get all the fighting or whatever it is i think that's one way to stop it um i certainly that helped me on twitter um by not following queens and stuff like that like that really really helped because then i wasn't thinking about it all week the other thing that i would pair that with is to make make your drag race viewing experience um, fun. Don't like, don't go back to the pandemic way of of consuming this show. Watch it with somebody else, even if it means you're on the phone with somebody else. But watch it with a group of people. Go out to a bar. Go oh, get get your girls over to watch it. Go over to somebody's house. Have somebody host it. Make it kind of fun. Um, and if you miss one week, or if you have to miss a week then catch up next week. Don't feel like you need to keep keep up with the Kardashians. You know what I mean? Like, that's just my advice. Like, don't have it be this obligatory, mandatory, I am seated type of viewing um, because it's not. It should be fun. And we, we should stop taking it so seriously. I think we need to go back to the Monday night 
viewing parties that used to happen. Now it's on Fridays. The stakes are a little higher. Uh, have it be a little bit easier. And if you don't want to go out to a bar, right, you can download it on Amazon the day after. Have the viewing party that weekend. I don't care. Um, if you're staying offline, you know, if you're not following the queens, you're not going to feel like you missed anything if you like, you know, don't catch up right away. So that's how I'm fighting the the burnout is I'm trying to make it a little bit more special when I watch it. And I'm, I'm like turning drag race brain off throughout the week. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, you know, uh, I still like to watch the pit stop and whatnot. And it's just like, there's a part of it. It's like, yeah, but if I don't watch the pit stop and I don't look at like what Twitter looks like after the episode, then like, the show can just be what I want it to be. Yep. And it's over when That's it's right. over. And, you That's know, right. the upside. I don't watch the pit stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I watched it just, but I'll tell you, I kind of played on my phone a little bit. You know, God bless Trixie's back. She had Jimbo on this week. I, it was okay. Um, that is, it's like listening to, and I know that this is like a unpopular opinion, but like, it's like listening to the Boulay's podcast about their show. I'm like, I, you're unreliable narrators here. You're just going to make me love the show. So if I'm watching Trixie, which is like content, like the pit stop is content. It's like, what you packing? Supported by World of Wonder. It's going to be through that lens. So I'm going to be kind of misguided in a way. So yeah, I, I think I'm not going to watch it unless like something crazy happens, you know, and then I'll catch up. Yeah, I mean, you know, they they give their opinions. I I felt like it was what I noticed on the pit stop this this week was a lot of like bumper bowling of like. I mean, don't get me wrong, we love her. She's I and mean, we do this too because people are we do we do so that's why I We're know mean. it. Yeah, like you know, bumper sisters recognize bumper sisters. You know, it's just like I I saw that and I was just like, oh. Listen, if you're going to do this shit, you got to just do it. You got to just like own your fucking opinion. Um, It's just an opinion about a TV show full of people in track. Like it is the stakes have never been lower. Um, So anyway, uh, (laughs) that's that. That's some 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 POV on burnout. Um, Okay, let's see. Someone asked us, uh, Sister Mary, I don't want to dox anybody. Isa? Maybe I'll just call you Isa. Um, have you watched Drag Race Sweden? I have not. I forgot about Drag Race Sweden. Sweden. Yes. Apparently it's really great. Just like season two of France. Listen, I know all about what happened on Drag Race uh, France season two, which shows its impact, right? Sweden, it, it sort of came and went, uh, but everybody that has watched it has said it's been, uh, it is a journey and it's wonderful. So, you know, Worth watching maybe after season 16. I don't know. I mean, after season 16, it'll be All-Stars 9. I I feel like if, if I miss it, I miss it, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Listen, Marys, if you're like, watch this season of Drag Race, here's, here's what I need. I need you to send me the clip. I need you to send me the clip that I need to see, right? I need to see it out of context, whether it's a runway, a lip sync, whether like I need you to send it to me. I'm not going to search for it. You know what I mean? Like I need you to send it. Otherwise it's going to come in my social media brain and then write out the other. Um, So I don't even watch the clips that, you know, my friends send me watch this. But for the Marys, if you're just like, no, watch this and then talk about it. That's something I'm totally down to do. That's why I don't send you clips. I told you, oh, you should watch the finale of The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, but I'm not going to send you a clip. 
because you gotta, you, you gotta, you know what I mean? Because I know that you might not watch it, but Mary's, if you send a clip, she'll watch it. Well, uh, another uh, question from uh, Sister Mary Ha Ha. Uh, oh, oh, you've got one. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, would Mary's ever consider hosting a viewing party in real life and or hybrid slash Zoom? This is something that we are figuring out how to do. I don't know how to do it on Zoom um, with legalities. Like, I don't know how to legally do that uh, unless we were all watching it and put ourselves on mute. And then, you know, mm-hmm. I know Riverside actually allows us to have an audience. So, like, that's totally possible. Um, it's something that we're considering. In terms of in real life, um, it it's just about real estate in New York City. Friday nights, first of all, are a really hard night to reserve a bar. And if you're hosting a drag race viewing party, it's usually going to be hosted by a drag queen. So um, it uh, that's just what's tough about it. Um, in real life is also tough because, you know, it's New York and... Everybody's got Friday night plans. A lot of our listeners are kind of just like us. We're a little introverted. So, you know, we'd rather everybody get a seat and it'd be sort of quiet, um, which isn't always the best, you know, viewing party experience. So I think that's why we're kind of like, you know, black and white about it. Or sorry, not black and white, gray about it. Yeah, I think maybe what would make sense is something, especially because obviously not all of our listeners are local. Um, is yes, having some kind of like, you know, live stream or something. I, I know after episode discussion, you know, maybe not exactly after the episode, but like maybe it's on, you know, Saturday morning at noon. And so like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like a, a thing that isn't, uh, that it's kind of like, oh, do you want to like chat about the episode? Here's a, here's a, you know, an opportunity to do it. So there's, there could be things mm. like that. We'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it'd be super fun. I think, you know, uh, the opportunity to chat with Marys and interact and whatnot would be uh, would be great. So consider this a watch this space kind of answer. <laughs> Do you have watch another one, Mary, for our Mary? Um, our yeah. Mary. Well, here's here is an. I think this is a real. So this is from Sister Mary Costa. I think this is a great question. Um, unless it was like, uh, <laughs> unless it was meant to be like, what would it take for you two to finally stop? But I don't think that was the question. Um, Costa asks, what would it take for you to stop watching Drag Race altogether? Like, what would make, Mm. which, you know, is not, when will you two just stop? Um, But, like, I know that. I know it's not that. Your personality is way better than your drag. Right, right. So, like, what would it take for you guys to not do Drag Race anymore? Um, But, like, at what point, like, when would we jump ship and say, all right, I'm done with this show? Um... Well, certainly our Patreon, um, if people stop being interested in hearing me talk about it, yeah, I'm going to stop talking about it. Oh, I think it's like stop watching Drag Race, not stop doing All Right, Mary. Oh, stop watching it? That's what I was joking about. The the question was not when are you guys going to stop doing All Right, Mary. what What would it take for you or I to be like, I'm done watching Drag Race as viewers? Um, I mean... Listen, if I didn't have a podcast about it, I'd be watching way less Drag Race. So mm-hmm. it, it's sort of already crept in. Um, but yeah, I, if, I would still watch at least the U.S. season, right? Maybe also the All-Stars. Um, I th- oh, God. I don't know. 
I don't know what it would take. Would uh, RuPaul not hosting anymore? Maybe. I, I mean, it's actually that's a it's an interesting point. Is that like certainly sort of answering the question and and kind of you know. Uh, that idea of like what would make you guys stop doing all right, Mary. Um, if we weren't doing, if we weren't doing this podcast, I wouldn't watch. I wouldn't be watching Canada. I wouldn't have watched UK, and I would have missed out on a lot of what I loved about those seasons. So, like, I'm not saying like, oh, because of this, I had to watch those seasons. But like, yeah, I probably, you know, would have just been like, I would have treated it like many other international seasons that I miss. Uh, I missed it, and I probably would be one of those listeners. Um, or one of those viewers who just kind of tunes in for the main seasons and all stars. Um, I don't even know if I would necessarily like run to watch Dracula. Um, you know, if I wasn't doing the podcast, I could be like, oh, I'm not going to download Shutter for that. So I right. think, yeah. So I, I kind of feel like not doing All Right, Mary anymore would probably also reduce my time with Drag Race. And you know, and I look at other folks like you know. Nick, for example, where he used to have, you know, squirrel friends and used to watch Drag Race all the time. And I don't think he even watches the main seasons anymore. And so somebody who used mm. to be dedicated to the show and had a podcast, to, you know, dedicated to talking about it, doesn't even watch it anymore. So, I mean, uh, in some ways, I'm glad because I feel like I, it'd be very easy to kind of tune out of Drag Race and, and miss a lot of the good, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Uh, there's there's ups and downs. <laughs> I, th I do think, though, that if RuPaul stopped hosting, if, like, it wasn't Sasha Colby to replace her, I probably wouldn't watch. That's, yeah, I guess if, if the host changed, then even the main seasons might have a little less of a draw. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, what is this, you know, you know, uh, Amazon version? What is this store brand version of the show? You know? Yeah. Um, and then it's, you know, it's like, oh, to, to think I would have never seen season two of Espana, you know, and I would have never known, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, I, again, like, it's not to say that like, oh my God, RuPaul, I love RuPaul. It's like, no, no, no. I, don't get me wrong. Thailand is the best franchise, um, in my mind, clearly. Um, and there's very little RuPaul. If anything, there's like one little part of RuPaul and she mispronounces yeah. the winner's name. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Andale, Andale, Arriba, RuPaul. Anyway, um, let's see. Um, uh, another question. You want to do another question? Or you have any more thoughts on that? Um, no, I think that, yeah, I think uh, those are my thoughts on, on what it would take. Good question. Good question. Um, let's see. Uh, why was she... <laughs> Sister Mikey, uh, why was she dressed as a truck driver? RuPaul. <laughs> Uh, that I just don't know. I just don't know. She looked so drab. She looked like an old, like it was like an old Fisher Price toy that you find like in a basement years later, and all the the color has faded off of it. It's just like, what is this? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Are we going to still be talking about it in four weeks, five weeks? Probably not. Which tells me like. Uh, she was trying to do something and it didn't work. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I know what I saw and uh, it was grim. Um, what do you think about Mirage should have won? Um, I think that that would be kind of like, a, I think that that's a sweet idea, but like objectively, no, she shouldn't have. Um, 
I think that Mirage had a, well, no, and I don't want to be dismissive. I think that the talent show, I think Safira and Q certainly stood out. But I think when we think about like who made an impact with the fans, mm. I think that from what I saw on social media, Mirage did win in her own way. You know, Mirage has a really great transformation. She looks like her female illusion is also the one that I think is like the most mainstream. Uh, which is why her runway was so powerful because it was just so like cunty, you know? Um, and so was her talent show. And I think that really pleases the fans. It was clean. It was elevated. Um, it was high quality. And, you know, that's what you kind of come to expect on this level of, of drag on the show. So for those reasons, I can see why she, she could have won. Um, she certainly has that uh, personality coming in, right? You come in looking like Kimber from Nip Tuck, and then, you know, it only elevates from there. Uh, it was it was uh, pretty outstanding. Yeah, uh, I mean, I really i I'm excited about Mirage, so we shall see. Uh, all right, let's see what else we got here. Um, Sister Mary Justin asked us, "Oh, oh I, uh, what is the most watchable season for you two? Maybe not the best, but the the best bingeable." Ooh, I mean, oh God, what was the one episode? What was the one season we were watching? Where we're like, oh, every one, every episode. I feel like season six is it's just like, oh, my God. And uh, I think season five also has that effect because it's both of those seasons are structured in in such a way that it really keeps the momentum and keeps the interest. So season five had like the Coco Alyssa drama, um, which you know, was just very interesting to watch um, because they were just fabulous characters. Season six had uh, the, the Bianca, the Trinity, the Jocelyn Fox, the Darian Lake. The, I mean, it, that was just like a stacked cast. Um, I will say season eight is also on my list because it's shorter and there's less queens. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess it's like every, you know, because certainly the earlier seasons, the interesting, interesting thing about this is like there's an, earlier era of drag race where i have rewatched and binged seasons over and over and then there's mm. like a later era where there's many seasons even season two of espana that i love i've only seen once you know and like right. you know any season after season nine i've only ever watched once like i don't i would not, not rewatching season 10 or 11 or 12 um we've revisited parts of them we revisited the mini challenges of season 11 so there's kind of like mm -hmm. you know there, there's there's the lens to kind of rewatch season 12 through like there's a lot to go back and look at things through, but in terms of like what is just imminently bingeable, I think season six is such a good season. I, I feel like in comparison to like, because like four or five and six are really considered such a sweet spot for drag race, but there is of course, and we haven't even, it's funny, we haven't actually even done seasons four or five. And one day we will, because the cringe on those seasons for me is so strong. Wow. So, so season four makes me cringe in a way that is like, I can't even wrap my brain around. And it's so much more than Chad Michaels. It's so much more than P.S. Butterflies. It's so much more. I there's like, here's an example. Season five during the reading challenge, someone has some read that isn't very good. And Jinx does this like, Oh, kind of like big shocked face and it's like you're being fake right now that wasn't good 
And there's something about that. There's something about the people ooing for a bad read on season five that encapsulates, like Chad Michaels encapsulates the cringe of season four. And that moment during the reading challenge on season five encapsulates the cringe of season five for me. And I just, I love those seasons, but it's there. So season mm-hmm. six, I think doesn't, it burns off by season six. Um, yeah. The so, untucks were really great with season six, which I think is like saying a lot, right? The fact mm-hmm. that I watched the episode and then also need to binge the untucked to like continue the drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it was worth it for untucked back then. I feel like that's something, you know, I I'd like to go back and rewatch season nine. I actually feel like I haven't rewatched that season in a while. And I think there's a lot of, especially now, you know, of all those Queens, sure. Like it'd be so interesting to go back and binge that. I feel like what I, the one I've probably rewatched, like, I feel like all stars two. I feel like I've seen a thousand times, to the point that I probably don't want to binge it, but I would say that like the ingredients are there, that it's bingeable. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a bunch of lip syncs from seasons that I'll watch over and over, but yeah, you're right. Like watching the full season. Um, yeah. My choices are clear though. It's five, six and eight. Um, yeah. That's I'd say for me, I'd say six and then I'm going to throw in all stars too. Yeah. All right, Mary. Yeah. Uh, another question from Sister Mary Steele uh, Best Alana song And is it All I Really Want Listen, All I Really Want Is such a fire song It starts the album uh, it, it Her range in that song um, Is amazing It's rock But she can also show off The lyrics are brilliant um, I, I, I love the style of it That is probably top three top four best Alana songs. I think also I have to throw in there uninvited. I just think uninvited is this, like we forget how fucking great it is because it wasn't on one of her albums. Um, I fucking love uninvited. Um, It's going to be hard for me. It's going to be like Sophie's choice picking uh, a song off of supposed four infatuation junkie. Um, That album to me kind of encapsulates so much what I love about Alanis. Um, and so I think if I'm going to put forward my favorite song off of that in my top four uh, to go along with the two I just said, I'm going to say, oh man, it's either Unsent or Joining You. And uh, it, it depends on the day. Yeah, this is a big question. I feel like um, with Uninvited, I I think that, because that was from the City of Angels soundtrack. And- Correct. If I remember correctly, that song was playing on the radio the same time as Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith was out from the okay. Armageddon soundtrack because I felt like it was either one or the other that summer. Mm. Um, and so, but I love Uninvited. It's great. It's a great song. Um, so Unsexy meant a lot to me in college. That song was a real emotional, okay. like breaking uh-huh. open moment for sure. me in college. So I've sure. got a real like soft spot for that. I love Thank You. Thank You is... Uh, means a, a lot song. to me. It's a great song. Um, yeah, I, you know, I feel like the, obviously, you know, uh, you want to know and all that, like, you know, everything from that first Jacket, Jacket Little Pill album, that was like, when that came out, I was a little bit too young, but my mom listened to it and I was aware of it. But my 
me personally, my first Alanis album was supposed to form her infatuation junkie. So like mm. I had to kind of go back and do the like homework on Jacket Little Pill. But I mm. I really enjoy a little like, you know, uh right through you, like all I I enjoy that later era sure. as well. Um Shake is like a fish. Yeah. Mm. Under rug swept, all that stuff. I love that Alanis as well. So um, oh, hands clean is hands clean is a very powerful song. I, uh, you know, there's a there's a, a short LP of hers called Feast on Scraps. Yep. And my favorite track on that was Purgatorying. I used to like get stoned and like talk about that song in like the weirdest ways with my friends. Oh, I love Purgatorying so much. <laughs> Oh yeah, that I remember that one. I really like the song "Your Congratulations." That's a beautiful oh, song. Supposed to force perpetual junkie. Yes, yeah. That's a great absolutely. song. Um, I mean, I I love just the the cunt of doing that that acapella your house at the end of Jack uh-huh. Little Pill, um, mm-hmm. the hidden track. Mm. Uh, Mary Jane. I mean, that's a classic that we yeah, don't talk about Yeah, I know. Enough. Wake up. Mary Jane. Yeah. Mary Jane, I've seen her perform live almost at every concert. She performs that song. And it is so fucking powerful. Yeah. Uh, she's so good at that song. Mary, oh, way to just like dig in. I, I don't know how I'm going to pick. I, it really depends on the time of my life. Yeah. Of yeah. what my favorite Atlanta song is. Yeah. Right. Sure. It depends on like what she's speaking to in my life at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there was a point where I loved um, off of her unplugged album. She has this song called no pressure over cappuccino. Oh, of course. That I, pl- I played over and over and over again. And I'm like, this is a gay song. She is talking to a gay person. I fucking love her. Oh God. Um, two, pr- uh, is it not two princes, but it's, um, uh, Papa love your, uh, princess so that you will find loving princess from princess familiar. That's the song. Mm-hmm. I used to love off that album too. Oh, oh and, God. And even- the unplugged album is great. And flavors of entanglement. That album, I remember that there was a there were a couple songs on there. Oh, that Citizen of the Planet, right? Uh huh. Oh, so good. oh, and yeah. Moratorium. That one, Torch. Moratorium, Mary. Yes. Torch. Uh. Um. Yeah. Oh yeah. That album actually. Oh, Madness from that album is my favorite song. Oh, that's yeah, my favorite she, song. She's oh. got some great, great songs. She's a great songwriter. Ugh, we'll God. have to do a full like Alanis episode, obviously, because mm. yeah. Um, and at some point, I think we need to have a similarly varied conversation on Tori Amos because I actually do. I feel like I have. She's like a guilty pleasure. I feel like it's weird to like Tori Amos, and it's not weird to like Alanis. But I have as just as many favorite Tori Amos songs. Jeans. Oh. I mean, that lyric of like, "So you can make me come," that doesn't make you Jesus. Are you kidding me? Uh, let's see. Thoughts on Charlie's Charlie's interaction backstage with the Queens. Now you didn't watch the I only got, Untucked. I only got half the story. Can you? Why don't you guess what it was like? I would imagine it was equally as uncomfortable as the interactions in the workroom, just with less South African puddings. A lot of it was about. Um, so there was a question like, "Hey, how do you deal with?" Um, fame and I thought she had a really cool answer because uh, she's like you know people are going to want to get to like they're going to dig into your life and it's going to not feel good 
it's actually going to be like digging in in like a weird way because uh, she grew up in like a farm town she said and you know it just got weird when people when fans like want to dig in it, it there's like a weird energy to it so she was kind of like cautioning them against that um and how to like kind of offset that just to kind of like know that boundary um i don't know i th- i thought it was fine um you know uh, there was a lot of praise you know obviously like oh my god you guys are beautiful you guys are amazing um she just was gagging over q um and the other thing that she was saying, she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that I had to critique any of you. Don't take it the wrong way. All of you are great. So I thought that was really kind. It's very clear to me that Charlize is like, like, she's a super fan. And I don't mean that in like the fake Vanessa Hudgens type of way. Like, like she's like, she sees it from like the Sasha Valor artistry lens. I mean, you know, as, as you know, cringy maybe as some of the interactions were in the in the main episode. I love Charlize Theron, and I I can't anything she she's pizza she's a pizza celebrity for me. Anything she does, I think she's great. And uh, so I'm I'm sorry I missed it. Um, and I really and actually I speaking of Charlize Theron, I've actually never seen Mad Max Fury Road, and I hear she's just like the best in it. Have you seen it? She is. She, yes, she is the best in it. Yeah. Um, she's and, in I Heart Fuckabees, right? That's her too. Uh, I don't know about that. She says Fuckabees, right? Who is that? Is oh no, that's the one that I always confuse her with. That's Naomi Watts. Oh, Naomi Watts, of course. No, so Charlize Theron. No, I mean obviously she's in the Devil's Charlize Advocate. We Theron. know that. Yeah, Charlize Theron. Um, Charlize Theron. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at her. Oh, there. Oh, she was in Tully. That's what she. I didn't really like Tully. Tully. Yes. I didn't Tully. like Tully. As I didn't much. see it. Oh, oh, North Country. I saw that with Frank McDormand. Yeah. Okay. Um, right. Yeah, she's yeah, she's know. an interesting, uh, interesting slew of of movies that she's made because they're very specific. They're also not like they're not like she's never done like a a production film, you know? Yeah, she or not a production film. What's the word I'm looking for? Like the studio film. Yeah, like she's not in any Marvel movies. Um, she right. was in Hancock in 2008 with Will. He was a superhero in that, but I think it was like a. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, listen. All she ever had to do was uh, monster, and she could do whatever she wants after that. All right, Mary. Uh, let's see. Should we do a couple more and then move on? What do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we have any more? Any more pressing? Um, Pressing questions. Pressing questions. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> did someone? Did someone? We. I think we are sort of already addressed this. Sister Mary Starling. Did someone call out Rue for the train comment on set, resulting in the HR a bit? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Though I mean, the fact that they kept it in clearly they they want they they wanted to keep the oops. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it was a live feed. They could have edited the whole fucking thing out if they wanted to. You know. They could have been like, Rue, enter again and don't say anything about running a train on these people. Right. <laughs> yeah, she made some Snowpiercer joke. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know what I Put want to be piercing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, there was another, I don't know, I wonder if we can kind of riff on this maybe to end our, our All Right, Mary Mare bag, mail bag um, uh, segment. Uh, maybe 
take one more after this. I don't know. Uh, depends on how you feel. Rate a queen is entirely dependent on how much a queen cares about social media. Sister Mary Jacob brought this. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 kind of like the the voting system on All Stars, right? It's like how are they going to create drama if there are these death threats waiting for them offline? Yeah, and and then when you kind of when you when you pull back, right? When you look at the like sixty-four thousand foot view, it's like I'm standing here in front of a screen with a very pleasing sound effect, and I have to rank my fellow competitors that I just watched perform in a little studio. And a year from now, someone's going to tell me to kill myself because I Ugh. put one of these at number three instead of number four. Like wild. I don't know how somebody even considers thinking about any of that to the point of like at like here's an idea because we talk about it all the time we talk about oh you know the fan backlash and all that what and death threats and all like i know that it's easy to just say this when your career isn't like hinged on your social media as your marketing but like at what point do we just say i don't care anymore does everybody just say i don't care what you think I don't, it's not even 13-year-olds. We can't blame kids. These are grown-ass adults. Like, at what point, when when are we able to collectively treat that kind of reaction the same way that we treat, like, the, you know, people protesting, uh, you know, I don't know, um, something stupider. You know what I mean? Like, at what point do we not care anymore? And that it, do we not have to think about it? Because... Who can't, like, what are they going to do? You're upset about a TV show. Like, at what point does that just not become part of the conversation anymore? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I Yeah, I don't know which problem you try to solve or if it's this just, like, underbelly that comes with being on the internet, right? And it's just like, nope. This is, it's like uh, when you make a wish with like a genie, right? Or if like you go back in time and you change something back in time, right? There's going to be a butterfly effect or, mm -hmm. you know, whenever you wish something with a genie, it's, you get what you, exactly what you asked for. And, you know, it's like, I wish I was rich. And it's like, yeah, but you're also miserable, right? Like, I feel like with this, with being on the show, it's like, I wish I had a higher booking fee and you're going to fear for your life. Yeah. And I guess it really, it's, it's not a specific drag race thing. It's really, it's an internet thing. Yep. It's it just it, like it is, there is a river of shit that runs under the city. It doesn't matter what you build on it. Um, how, how dark. Um, yeah. When but, you have yeah. access to these celebrities, that's what happens. I mean, Mary, like chain mail death threats were happening in the forties. You know what I mean? Oh, like, sure. It was just there. Yeah, there was just like, oh, you waited a week and then it showed up and it was like, oh, okay, well, uh, what should we do about this written letter? Um, yeah, talk to Monica Sellis, Mary, about crazed fans. Yeah, no, certainly. it's really scary. Certainly, yeah. it, but I think it's it's the access. I think that's what it is. We have made, we have given access, and we have insisted on access to these people that only opens up the gate, the floodgates for something that's always been there. It's just not been able to be, to have access these people as easily. So, um, and you know, for as awful as drag race fans are, it's just what we all know because you know, you, you, there's so many other fan bases that are even more disgusting. And you look at like, you look at some of the shit that, 
people are, you know, what is it like uh, soccer, you know, football clubs in, in Europe, tennis, Twitter, you know, yep. tennis, mm-hmm. Twitter, like you look at some rabid fan bases, you look at some video game fan bases and then call me in the morning, you know? And so it's just like, it's, it's just this, this topic that we come back to again and again. And it, it but it, it literally actually has nothing to do with drag race. Like it's not, Oh, Drag race fans, no, it has nothing to do with drag race. Yeah, it's a humanity thing. Yeah. And the fact, I think it's just the fact that we're, as for most of us are just a little softer, right? That it it overwhelms us, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do need to shut down our, our Twitter, right? Because it's so overwhelming emotionally. Whereas maybe if we were a different type of person, we would be able to just like, you know, handle it. I don't know. I, yeah. I can't imagine that it's that it's tolerable for anybody. You know, yeah, it's man, it what a what a wild thing about society. It's just like you know, as we're talking about this, it's like I can't believe this is a thing we talk about that people yeah. go on a TV show, yeah. either cooking, putting on drag, making dresses, playing games, mm. living on an island for four months, and there will be people at home that will tell them to kill themselves, yes, right, because of what right. they did on that TV show. We right. the madness the like good God set you know send your locusts we do not deserve this earth. Well, speaking of things that we don't deserve, um, we did not deserve Glennis Johns when she was on this earth, and I appreciated all of the outpouring of love toward you towards you, Mary, um, about the the death of Glennis Johns. You have been holding a candle for her for so long. Yes. Um, pointing us to her. Yes. So how are you, how are you faring, Mary? Well, you know, I was going to save this for our Canada episode, but, and, oh. and there will be a mention there as well, but, but you know, this will be on the main feed. So it's probably good for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Canada's drag race. One of the Queens near enough in my esteemed opinion was giving me strong Glynis Johns energy. And you're like, who the fuck is Glynis Johns? Glynis Johns mm. is a, uh, you know, a, treasure is an absolute treasure of an actress she has the honor of having a song written specifically for her by Stephen sondheim uh send in the clowns that's right she does a lovely job of she played the grandma on on superstar you know and if i say booga booga you better booga booga what's booga booga i don't know booga booga but you better fucking better fucking fucking figure figure it out um she was you in, have to study business. Yes, yeah. I love her. She was in Mary Poppins. She's a queen. And and so we talked, you know, it she became a topic of conversation throughout the season of Canada's Drag Race. And then she just died. And so I am not going to talk about Brenda Vaccaro anymore because I'm not going to go through this again. Uh, I feel like the cat at the nursing home that lays on the bed before you die. Um, well, so I appreciate the recognition. When I saw that she died, I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Glynis? But she was 100 and she lived a long, celebrated life. So um, big ups to Miss Johns, you know? Oh, we love a big ups. You know? Yeah. We love a big ups. As they say on Facebook, sending up prayers. Oh, isn't that great? Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of prayers, our prayers were answered. We got Parker Posey back in the conversation. Um, now is going to be starring on season three of the white lotus and as you know many a favorite influencer like evan ross katz might say we are seated we will be seated oh seated she's mothering and there's crumbs they're being eaten (laughs) oh my god i love it i love this news i love this news i also love that like 
people are contacting me to tell me how excited they are. Uh, and I'm just like, ah, oh, that's right. Parker Posey. Parker Posey has always been and will always be that girl. I mean, it it felt like the most on the nose casting for the White Lotus. Like, hello, when do you yeah. get Parker Posey? And right. and not for nothing, but you know, hello, Leslie Bibb. I'm ready for you to have your moment. Oh, you love Leslie. I Bibb. love Le- Leslie Bibb. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm and you Bibbed. love Jason Jason Isaacs. I, well, I you love Jason. love Jason Isaacs. I loved him in Mass. Yeah. I loved him in Mass. Absolutely. Um, and Michelle Monaghan. I loved her. Michelle Monaghan. Don't forget about her. Gone Don't Baby Gone. She was great. Yeah. Gone Baby Gone. Um, yeah. Who was the other one? Her. There was another guy. They also had uh, Dom um, Hetrakul. So okay. So well, I don't know him, but I, I'm looking forward to falling in love. <laughs> and I heard their. Uh, I carry Coon as well for fans of The Leftovers. Um, oh, wait a minute. She's going to be on it? Yeah. Carrie Coon, who's great. Carrie Coon. Listen. It, yeah. Uh, she was out- outstanding on The Leftovers. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and I saw her play Honey and Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf a million years ago with uh, Kathleen Turner. So that's how I know Carrie Coon. Well, you love her. I do. I just love her. <laughs> I just love her. And then what's your name? Natasha Rothwell is coming back. They've already announced that. So, um, so oh, yeah, that's good. Okay. Well, but of course, fun. like they haven't even started filming yet. So it's like, it's so weird to be excited about it. Like the white Lotus when it's like, Oh God, someone hasn't even remixed the opening theme song yet. You know? Uh, I know. I know. Well, uh, it'll be something to look forward to um, in terms of TV, uh, mandatory viewing, another kind of cultural conversation um, to be having uh, that I think crosses boundaries, right? It's not just gay people that watch that show, uh, which I think is uh, notable. I think the white Lotus is one of those fun, like appointment TV kind of moments. I mean, like, you know, we joked about what it. What do they call like, that? Water cooler? Right? Yeah, water yeah. cooler moments. But like the finale of, of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, for fans of the of the show, for fans in that world, that was truly appointment television because like it was they had been building up to that episode all season. No one really knew, like it hadn't leaked in social media what it was gonna be. And oh. like, and and of course, like the editing of it all made it feel like you were watching a soap opera. And so like it I think what I loved about that and what I love about the White Lotus and Mayor of Easttown and 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 when Mayor, um Mayor. and just like that was something is I just I miss I think that's something of like the late 20th century that I really love is the way that people would gather for a TV show on the same night and then talk about it the next day. And like mm. I don't know Lost. I think Lost Lost did that. Yeah. Uh, back in the early aughts. Yeah. Uh, Survivor was one of those moments as yeah. well. Yeah. I just really I love that experience and I think it it creates I think a sense of community around something that can be very isolated, right? You know, like sitting alone mm-hmm. watching TV, I like that there can be some sort of communal experience. Yeah, it's like uh, Drag Race. Although I will say, watching Drag Race at a bar like you watch sports is uh, just a perfectly acceptable way to consume this media. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really needing to watch it again later. You know, even if you didn't, uh, I think right. it totally works. It's fine if if you don't even like the show, you might you might be entertained by how people react, you know? Oh, and I mean, when you think about how like 
in a, you know, we, you know, as, as RuPaul says, we gay people, but you know, I'm talking about everybody. Like we, this is a relatively recent thing that we all had. Like mm-hmm. people could go to gay bars for different viewing parties, and surely, I'm sure people watched Lost at a gay bar, you know, gay bar and whatnot. But like to have our own queer competition show that we get to go to a bar and cheer for, like. I mean, to go back to the initial question of like, how do you avoid drag race burnout? I think that's a great way to experience drag race in a non burnout way, because like, it really is like when a bar goes off together about drag race, it really is very fun. Yeah. There's a shared experience, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, you know, when somebody gets a touchdown, somebody scores a goal, like even if you're not into it, the, the spirit, the sharing of the air, um, uh, comes over you. There's a spirit that uh, that that infiltrates the space. Yeah, and and the fact that there'll be then the commercial break and then some drag queen hosting, kind of keeping the conversation going. I think that's all just like, it's great. I think we need to recognize how how lucky we are to have this right now. Sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting. You have viewing parties like All Stars, for instance. Excuse me, where there are no commercials. Oh, right. Yeah. And yeah. it ruins the viewing party because there's not enough breaks. Yeah. And like I've seen because I, I remember going to like a viewing party, I think at the beginning of All Stars 8 and they just like paused it. But it was like Thorgy yeah. hosting. And so oh, like no. the pause was up yeah. to whenever Thorgy decided to hit play again. I was like, yep. Thorgy, come on. We'll do this later. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yuha Hamasaki did that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she just paused it. Dragula also gets paused at those viewing parties, which I'm just like, no, I'm not into that. I did one viewing party for Dragula. The performances were great, but the viewing, I was just like, oh, God, please press play. <laughs> yes. I'm just like looking at the little the little play triangle on the screen. I'm like, just click it. Just fucking click it. Just click it. It's also the worst when a host doesn't know how to host. Um, I will say this. like Hosting a drag race viewing party, you need to know the gig. Like you need to know like what should happen during those commercials, right? First of all, not everybody is listening. Facilitating a group discussion is a skill. And honestly, like I'd much rather it be drag race trivia. I'd much rather it be like some sort of poll situation, uh, a contest, right? Some quick thing because the, what do you guys think? Not into it. Bad wrong yeah you can't you got to do your job you know yeah yeah Yeah. you got to keep it you got to keep it going while people go to the bathroom while they talk while they go get a drink um and the the stakes can't be that high and if you're just there like facilitating some non-discussion uh i just don't think it works i just don't um unless you know it's a, a roscoe's viewing party which by the way mary did you know that it's behind a paywall now I think I did hear that because I, I, so is is it like, where do you have to go to like watch it? I don't know. (laughs) Wow. I don't care. But I'm just like, okay, so that's either because of World of Wonder or that's Roscoe's trying to like capitalize in some way, or it's like the Queens from last seasons, you know, the last two seasons and Nacia Lopez being like, this cannot be freely circulated right because queens get messy they get sloppy they break their nda and i just think like the paywall is gonna just protect them all yeah yeah well and if they make a little money along the way you know uh they they were probably very aware of the audience they were pulling so you know i yeah and to be honest with you i think it's gonna completely deflate yeah 
Yeah, that's the. I mean, yeah. who's? I don't want to pay for that. What you, no, what the, the whole idea about? was like, oh, I could just go watch that afterwards. But like, yeah, yeah, um, right. And we're saying this as people who put episodes behind paywalls. But you know, uh, <laughs> well, we all always, but we, <laughs> but we, we always have free episodes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's right. That's right. That's right. So uh, anyway. Well, speaking anyway. of which, we do actually, speaking of episodes behind a paywall, we do have one more episode to record. I think this one, mm. this week's nuance, uh, I think we're going to put out on the main feed just so people have a sense of what they would be getting if they want to join us. But going forward, nuance is the All Right, Mary After show that lives exclusively on Patreon. So here we're talking out of two sides of our own mouths. Um, but at least we're giving you a free one. So if you do want to join us for nuance for the rest of the season, Plus, you'd get coverage of Canada's Drag Race and Drag Race UK and a ton of past episodes. And if you join us at the Only Marys level, you would get even another couple bonus episodes every month that go even deeper. Uh, this is a great time to join us. You're, you know, you're basically you'd be paying like, you know, five to ten bucks a month, but you're guaranteed to get like two to three episodes a week. Yeah, and I always think like. If you like the podcast and you just want to support us, it's like buying us a cup of coffee one month, you know, um, yeah. a very big cup of coffee in New York, for instance. Um, and and we really appreciate it. A little bit goes a long way. It lets us know that you're out there. It lets us know that you care, even if you, you know, aren't watching the franchises. It it does keep the engine running. And so we really appreciate all of that support. Um, so I think, you know, new year, new you, uh, you know, invest maybe $5 into your favorite podcast. Um, and it totally works. New year, new you, nuance. All right. Uh, ooh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know, I got to say, I got to call this out. Nuances, right? So there were a lot of nuances surrounding Safira. One of our Marys brought up the eyebrow raise at the start of her lip sync, mm -hmm. uh, RuPaul's eyebrow rather going up. But one nuance that I just want to call out is when RuPaul asks Safira to walk the sidewalk. Safira sort of, her walk is reminiscent of Vivacious's walk. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I... I noticed okay. that the, the walk. Yes. That little walk. What? Yeah. Okay. She's doing it. The, the knees are bent a little bit. Absolutely. Yes. And the hands. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. Cause oh. Michelle, cause Michelle says like, Oh, when I saw that old school, I saw, I know where you come from. I know you come from that community about that place. And then uh, uh, vivacious goes, okay. And does mm. it. Ah. <laughs> uh, Cara, Cara. Cara, uh, Cara. Yes. Yes. Anyway. Uh. All right. Anyway. Well, nuance, nuance, nuance. Alexa Michelle, take a drink. Uh, Marys, thank you so much for listening. Please join us on Patreon if you can at www.patreon.com slash allrightmary. Um, and we'd love to have you. Um, in the meantime, we're going to let you go. And if you are a Patreon, we're about to go talk about the latest episode of Drag Race Canada. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I'll yes, real funny for tomorrow. We hope you have a great week. Yeah. yeah and most importantly, Todd scenes. All right.